And if you're sort of around that 83, 85, $90,000 a month range today with a clear path leading to like, you know, 110, 120 by the end of the year, where were you exactly one year ago, just so we calculate growth? <laughs> one year ago, we weren't barely anywhere. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to getlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to getlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at getlatka.com. Hey folks, my guest today is Cameron Fowler. He's the co-founder and CEO of Digital Seat Media, a real-time fan engagement technology platform connecting fans to brands, sports teams, and artists through QR codes and NFL technology. You can follow along at digitalseat.com. Cameron, you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. All right. So who, who are you selling to? I assume you're selling to not the sports fan, but ra- rather the, the sports team. Right. Yeah. So we uh, sell into the sports team or the venue itself uh, so that we can install our digital seat tags and fans can engage with them. Interesting. So, I mean, can you maybe name one or two? Are these like NFL stadiums or soccer stadiums or? We run the gamut. So um, a lot of collegiate stadiums. So we have a partnership with Learfield IMG. We do Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Baylor, Washington, the Rose Bowl. But then we have some professional partners on the side like uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, Utah Jazz that are both in, in the NBA. And we're having discussions. We haven't announced it yet, but we've got a, a major league baseball partner um, that we're getting ready to install. So we kind of cover all sports. And walk me through that sales process to, you know, the baseball stadium. What's that sound like? What are they getting? Yeah. So, um, at, you know, baseball, football, basketball, whenever we go in, we are giving them the opportunity and saying, look, you can work with nine different vendors that do things. You can work with a vendor that allows real-time trivia. You can work with a vendor that does food delivery. You can work with a vendor that provides enter to win and lead collection. Uh, but with Digital Seat, you can work with one company that does all of that and we'll take that load off you. So um, we go in there and we say, let us install our Digital Seat tags on your armrest. Then you can pick and choose what modules you want to use to provide to fans for them to engage. So we have 31 different modules to choose from. So a team um, at any given point can say, hey, for this game, I want to do an enter to win, a sweepstakes giveaway, um, live game stats, and the ability for fans to purchase tickets to the next game and NFT sales. Um, and next game, it might be completely different. So we, that's really our value proposition is maximize that value from the seat. So instead of just selling a ticket, now you can collect revenues on food delivery, on merchandise sales, on NFT sales, things like that. So just to be clear, there's like a QR code you would literally install on the seat. Fans are instructed to scan the QR code. And once they do that, the venue or the team controls what that founder sees on, sorry, what the attendee sees on that access code QRL. That's correct. So we program the tags down to the individual seat. So the student section at um, SMU might have a completely different content experience than the people that are sitting in the $500 seats. That's really the value because the brands now, Mercedes doesn't care about an eight-year-old kid that's watching a football game, but they do Mm -hmm. care about the guy sitting in the $500 seat. So now they can target that content. Very interesting. Okay. And what I'm sure there's a massive range, but on average, what are these venues or sports teams paying per month or per year to use digital seat? Um, it is a range. It depends on the size. Um, you can have some smaller venues that are paying $15,000 a year, $20,000 a year, and you can have some big ones that are paying six figures. It depends on the number of seats and then also the number of venues. So um, not surprisingly, you have some giant venues that might only have 10 events a year. And then you have some that 
but we are working with one right now that has a hundred and I think 20, 140 a year. So um, it's especially if they have concerts rolling through and, and things of that nature. Well, that's why I asked you how you price, what utility metric you price against. Because you don't, if you do number of events, well, if there's only one event, that's hard to price against. If you do number of seats, well, that's interesting. But what if they're not all full? If you do number of attendees live at the event, but then what's the frequency of the event? Right. So, like, what's the one like God <laughs> Lego block you build around? <laughs> it's an art more than a science, um, really. It is um, looking at the numbers because obviously, even if you can't go to a stadium that that says, okay, we seat eighty thousand, we go well. You only have 40,000 people here, so we're only going to do 40,000 seats uh, because maybe your team gets better, maybe they get worse. Um, so we have to base it on the number of seats. And then we normally start with a flat number of events and say, okay, we know you're going to activate for 10. If you want to increase it to 20, 30, 50 as you grow, then you can do that. But let, let's start here. So just give me, just for example, to make it really real for my audience, I'm a 50,000 seat NFL stadium with right. 10 home games a year. That's probably yeah. going to run me what, 50,000 a year? Right about probably it's somewhere between 50 to 70,000, depending on what modules you're using. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting. Okay, cool. Get, put this on a timeline for me. When did you guys launch the business? So we met, uh, Sullivan, my co-founder and I, we worked together about 13 years. We came up with the idea back in 2013, <laughs> 2014, um, because we were working on facial recognition software and, and consumer behavior analytics. I grew up in Texas, big sports fan. And so I said, Matt, it's crazy that we can trigger content based on a person's face and age and gender and all this stuff. But when I go to sports, it's the same advertising that it's been for the last 40 years. Um, that was in 2013. I said, we can probably program something down to the armrest so you can scan it and get exclusive content. So the problem was back then is that originally it was, let's put NFC chips in the tags yep. um, and people can tap it. Um, and let's put QR codes on top as a stopgap. But way back then, QR code scanning wasn't native on iOS devices. You still had to download an app in order to do it. And so if we were going to ask them to do that, you might as well ask them to download the team app. Um, and so we waited until 2018 when, when QR code scanning became natively unlocked on iOS devices and on Android. And that's when we said, hey, okay, we need to go and, and see what we can do in this market. So 2018 okay, so you, is our you weren't building the tool then. You weren't doing anything 2014 to 2018. You had a full-time job doing something else. We were working together doing technology consulting, but we we were testing tags. So what we were doing was getting different printing uh, materials, learning about adhesives, working with chemists and saying, okay, how do these tags work outside for three and four years at a time? How do we get people from ripping them off? So we were doing that work, but yes, we had a full-time uh, job. That was just in the side that we were working on this. I see. And were you, was your full-time gig working with these sports complexes? So you were at least getting close to your customers? Not really. Uh, Matt and I have been very fortunate where we have gotten to work on projects that interest us. So we've done things like work with Intel on facial recognition software, building out the event uh, metric system for Mary Kay Cosmetics. We worked with Boeing on some projects. Um, so things that came to us, we worked with Samsung on gesture recognition for televisions, things that were interesting to us when clients would come to us and say, hey, we're trying to solve problem a, B, and C, um, mm. then we'd evaluate it and say, hey, that looks like something that, that could be intriguing. We'd enjoy doing. So we were really kind of all over the map, which really helped too, because we learned a lot. Mm -hmm, of course. Now, fast forward, that's 2018. Fast forward to today. How many individual venues are you working with today? So we are about to install our 43rd, 44th-ish, um, I believe. So, so wow. we've got quite a few. Um, and now we're starting to do live events too. So we'll be putting them at music festivals. And Do you and count things. how many individual QR codes you've installed? Uh, yes, absolutely. I think we're we're approaching right at a million. I think we've got 900,000 and, and some change. Oh. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a, a lot. 
that's a lot. I mean, you're not out there with like a glue gun doing everyone yourself. Hopefully you have a machine or something. No, you do them by hand. Um, but we've learned, I mean, that's one of the things people are like, why didn't anybody else do this? I'm like, cause no one else is insane to go to Oklahoma when it's literally 106 degrees and put on 86,000 tags in the middle of July. Like you just yeah. don't, it, it keeps you in shape, but it is just, yeah, it's insane. But that's what we do. We've gotten very, very good at it. Like we did the whole Rose Bowl, all 198,000 seats in, I think like 10 hours. So we've that's amazing. Do you guys care about valuation right now, specifically your valuation? Do you think you might raise soon or sell a portion of the company? There is no other tool on the internet that you can use to get a better and higher valuation than FounderPath's new valuation tool. We have over 253 deals that went down over the past 30 days, all the revenue numbers, all the valuations, and the multiplier. That way you can go filter the data, find companies that are your same size, what they sold or raised for or at, and then use those as comparables in your decks to argue and debate and get a higher valuation and less dilution, which is the name of the game, less dilution. Check it out today at founderpath.com forward slash products. That's plural forward slash valuations. Again, both plural founderpath.com forward slash products forward slash valuations. And then can we sort of back into revenue? I mean, 44 venues, average venues, 30, 40 grand a year. You guys are doing north of like a million and a half of revenue at this point, run rate wise. Yeah, this year we'll be, well, we'll be uh, ahead right of around that. there. Um, yeah, we, we really like, uh, because our rev model in the collegiate space, um, we get a percentage of sponsorships that are sold as well. Oh. So if, yeah, so we've got about 50 some odd brands from, Google to Alaska Airlines to Pizza Hut to Starbucks that all pay to be on the platform. So we I see that. And so what what percent are fees that the of your revenue are venues the fees from the venues versus fees from your sponsor partners? Is it 50-50 or um we mainly do well, yeah, this year it'll probably be we'll see how this year shakes out, but it'll probably okay. be 50-50. Uh might may, might be skewed a little bit towards the rev share side, but but we okay. need we try to do a healthy balance. We mainly do license fees. Um, straight into professional sports. Um, we see. really do the rev share on on the collegiate side of the business. And if you're sort of around that 83, 85, $90,000 a month range today with a clear path leading to like, you know, 110, 120 by the end of the year, where were you exactly one year ago just so we calculate growth? <laughs> one year ago, we weren't barely anywhere. Um, last year was really, and we are very candid when we talked to investment funds and our, our investment Was it zero though, Cameron, zero. before you tell the no, story? It, no, it was went zero. We were a couple hundred thousand dollars um, okay. last year. because yeah, that was well, my question. I'm like, COVID, no one's going to events. So what it the was, hell? Like, so it was, we really subscribed to, you're right, nobody, nobody went to events. And last year we did a lot of, hey, Starbucks, um, we promise this is going to work and you're going to love it. Let us give it to you or let us give it to you at a discount and let's get the data. And then next year, you're going to come in and use it. And it worked really well. So that's, we worked with a lot of brands. We, we obviously collected revenue from a lot of them too. But now that we have that data showing that, you know, we've increased sales lift for Cheez-It products in Stillwater, Oklahoma by 20%. Um, now it's a lot easier to have those conversations and go, hey, you know, now it's time to, to pay for it. So yeah. um, it's, it's worked well. Really interesting. Talk to me more about the team today. How many people are full-time? Um, so we're running right now about 35 um, that are that are here working core product full-time. Um, we're shifting a lot of people. That's including the people that we're shifting that were part-time, you know, four months ago that are now, we've expanded enough to where they're coming on full-time. Um, how many engineers? Kind of split between, do what? Engineers. How many engineers? Um, we've got nine full-time engineers right now. Okay. Okay. So, you know, heavy engineering, but not super, super heavy. 
So Matt is a genius whenever it comes to engineering. Um, used to work at Dell as a senior level engineer there. His Our vision has never been, let's have 50, an engineering team of 50 or 100 people sitting around and building this stuff. Um, we build, we have senior level engineers that we hire and they work very smart. Um, and so that's really our goal. We don't want to have a massive team if, if we can mm -hmm. afford it. And tell me more, uh, tell me more about funding history. Did you guys decide to bootstrap, use customer revenue or did you raise? So we, uh, Matt and I self-funded uh, for the first, I don't know, eight months probably, uh, raised a friends and family round. Then we went out uh, and expanded that net a little bit wider um, to where this last round, um, we've got some some outside capital from some family offices. Um, we're fin finalizing a round right now, and that'll put us at a, about 11 million total raised. How much was the last round that you closed? Uh, the last round before this one was 3.5. 3. Okay, uh, and that was in 20, 2021? Uh, yes. Okay. And now we're closing out of five. Closing out of five. Okay, yeah. cool. And then so so five, six, seven, eight. So what you raised two million in twenty twenty, something like that? Yeah, roughly between yeah, right right around two million. Interesting. Between well, okay, between so, twenty eighteen to twenty twenty. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. And then the five million you're closing right now, uh, where's that money gonna go? We're gonna invest it. Expansion, uh, sales is a big part of it. So we're gonna bring on a couple more engineers. Um, the sales team is, we're looking to expand that now and go and attack these other verticals, um, such as live events and brands and agencies. That's really where we're focusing it in marketing. We just haven't, we've never done marketing for the company. It's always been word of mouth. And so mm -hmm. now we're going to put some, some dollars behind that. Mm -hmm. And most folks in the series, they are selling call, you know, 10, 15% of the business. Are you guys going to sort of be in that same range? Um, yeah. So our model, like the way that we we did it, so a lot of ours on a convertible note to begin with. Um, but for for this round, it's yeah, it's right actually, right in that range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're talking like twenty five a million pre money, a little bit north of that by a little bit. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, and then obviously the other five point five you already raised will be converting on this round as well. So it's a little probably a little more dilution. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anything you would have changed about your funding history based off sort of looking back? Uh, yeah, I hopefully wouldn't have, there wouldn't have been a pandemic that came blowing through because that kind of messed things up um, mm -hmm. whenever way back when, when we had to do these notes. Um, had Would I have changed anything? Um, I think I might have started some conversation with some of the funds that we're talking with now a little bit earlier. Uh, but having said that, it's hard to do in the middle of a pandemic when you run a live sports company. You, you know, I mean, it makes it hard to go, hey, we promise this is a worthwhile investment when people are going, well, we don't know when this is going to end and we don't know when it's going to. So um I would have liked to make some of those connections a little bit earlier. Yeah, fair enough. All right, Cameron, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, favorite book? Um, there's a book called Surrounded by Idiots, <laughs> um, which I really enjoy. It's about um, talking with the people that you work with, talking with investors, um, and really learning about their point of view. So I, I enjoyed that. Number two, is there a founder you're following or studying? Um, Ari Emanuel. Um, I'm just really infatuated with what he's done over at Endeavor. Um, yeah. it's just been phenomenal. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building digital seed? Favorite online, probably Slack as simple as that in, it makes our lives so much easier, especially when you're spread out. I mean, it just, it helps a lot. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Depends on the night, but generally between four to six. Okay. And situation married, single kids, uh, single. Okay. No, no, kid, no, no kids. kids. All right. Never been married. So. And how old married, are you? Married to the job. Yep. How old are you? Uh, 35. 35. Last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. Something. Um, 
to listen. <laughs> I mean, to, to see other people's points of view that I, I don't know everything, <laughs> um, you know, surrounding myself with people that are smarter than I am um, is how we've gotten to where we are. And I guys did that a little bit earlier. Digital Seat launched in 2018 with a 2 million pre-seed round, now serving 44 event venues. They've put over almost a million individual QR codes on all these venue seats. That's how they make money, both from the venues paying to activate fans and also sponsors that want to reach those fans. North of a million dollar run rate today, hoping to continue to scale that with a $5 million Series A. They're closing right now. Team of 35, nine engineers, they look to continue to scale. They made it through COVID, so it should be up and up from here. Cameron, we're rooting for you, man. Thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it.